We're back. Just when you thought the first family of New England supermarkets had reached the apex of intrigue, George Arthur DeMoulis, the youngest of John DeMoulis' sons, is here with me now, live, loud, and local in the studio. And he's going to share with us his story and memoir, Illegit. Welcome, George, and thank you for joining us here today on Talk with Francesca and making the trip to the studio. Thank you, Francesca, for having me. I appreciate it. So, George, let's just dive right in. You spent most of your life as part of an open secret in Greater Lowell, one of the five illegitimate children kept hidden in plain sight in a town whose strings have always been pulled by a handful of families. So there are two parts to my first question. Simply put, what is your story? And part B of that question is, why is it so important to tell? My story is about uh, being a survivor, taking control of my own life under all uh, circumstances being um, uh, unfortunate as they may be. But by doing that, uh, I just want other people to know that they have to be responsible for themselves and what they do with their lives. And we have been uh, communicating for a little bit prior to this interview, and, and you've made it um, a point um, that you really, it's very, very important to you that our listening audience knows that this is a positive campaign, yet the book Illegit would say something negative. So can you expound on that a little bit? Well, the, although the story is sad but true. Tell our listeners the story. Let's start over, with that. Uh, overcoming that. Well, you know, growing up in public housing, um, not having the means of education, um, the, the right upbringing, and with a family that had the opportunity to make it right and chose not to. Well, let's hear about that. Let's, so, let's hear, well, let's the thing is, is that you have to um, take a look at the resources that you had around you to be able to, I'm talking bare uh, necessities, you know, decent housing, food, education. I'm not talking fancy car, clothes, or anything like that. I'm talking the bare necessities so that you would be able to sculpture your life into a decent person. Mm-hmm. And a lot of children today are left to the wayside without that support. But, but tell our audience about you and your family and where you come from. I mean, I know the story. I've read your book, fabulous, um, your memoir. But our listening audience, I mean, there's so few people. That, there's nobody that I know of that I've told the story to that, that knows the story. So let, tell our audience about, you know, what happened to your mother, to you, to, to you know. Well, it was a love story in the beginning. It started off as a love story. Should... With who? Uh, with my father and mother. And who was your father? My father was John DeMoulis. Mm-hmm. He's the elder brother of the DeMoulis family and the brother of uh, Mike and George DeMoulis, who uh, ran the supermarket business, uh, DeMoulis Supermarkets, and which is now DeMoulis Market Basket. And um, John, being the elder brother in Greek tradition, would uh, wreak all the benefits and not have to worry about anything. You know, and he lived a uh, very lavish lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, the oldest boy in in a lot of uh, you know like ethnic, Italians, same right, thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Go through the same sort thing. of like they're like gods. It, absolutely, and they need to uh, realize that you know uh, being put in a position like that, um, that they need to be responsible for what they do. And unfortunately, um, that didn't happen. I mean, he was very well protected. Um, you okay, know. so well, you say love story. So with your mother, I'm t- obviously. Yeah, my mother was a beautiful woman. In the book, I put that she looked like Grace Kelly because growing up, a lot of people told her she looked like Grace Kelly. She was very tall, platinum blonde, light hair, and the greenest eyes. She was just a beautiful person. So your father met 
uh, your mother. Her name was Dorothy mm-hmm. Bedard. Yeah. And yeah. how did he meet her? Uh, she was leaving her house on uh, Back Central Street in Lowell, and he had Marion's Cafe on Back Central Street in Lowell. And she used to walk past the uh, club when she was younger. She was only 19 when uh, they met. And how old was he? 37. Oh, so he was almost two decades older than her. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. he began an affair with her. Yes, made her a lot of false promises. You know, like a lot of men do. You know, it happens. These things do happen. But, yeah. but okay, but so uh, tell us a little bit about your mother. Did she have education? Did she have family? She didn't have Did she a have lot friends? of education. She came from a family of 10 children, uh, poverty-stricken area. She was born in the 30s. She was born in the Great Depression in uh, 1933. She lived through that. Um, she knew what it was like to uh, really struggle and know what it was like not to have nothing, to go without with nothing. You know, and having 10 children and being a single parent, um, she wasn't um, acknowledged, you know, because of the fact that she was the youngest of 10. So she was kind of, so your mother was kind of lost in the crowd. So now lost she meets, in the crowd. So now she meets John Demoulis. Mm-hmm. And what is she thinking? Oh, probably her knight in shining armor, her hopes, and um, probably thinking her life would change knowing that... Um, you know, because John was married, he had a whole other family, but he did promise to leave um, his wife. And, you know, he, he made a lot of false promises, and she put herself in harm's way, like a lot of women do, even today. So, okay, so so uh, John had an affair with your mother, and she had a child. Yes. The first yep. one, her name was Melvine. Melvine, yep. She okay. lives in Portsmouth, yeah. Okay. But now... So they gave this child up for ado- your mother and uh, yep. John gave the child mm-hmm. up for adoption. Mm-hmm. So why did they do that? They were supposed to never see one another again. Because why? Your mother wanted to break up with John, or because John? Yeah, wanted they to... just knew that this was all wrong. It had to stop, and um, that should have been the end of it. And it, just things went bad. Yeah. So they decided the best thing to do was to end the relationship and have. Uh, the child up for adoption. Now, mm-hmm. And now today she is... Oh, she's very much a part of our family. Okay. We're, we're so she's come back. And Absolutely. Okay. 40 years later. Okay. But now, no. okay, so let's talk about that. We're, we're, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca, and I'm speaking with George A. DeMoulis, um, who is the son of the late John DeMoulis, and we are discussing his memoir, Illegit. Um your family, your your sisters and brothers. So there were more. So the, the relationship had to end, but it didn't. So what happened? Well, it continued on, and uh, he just never left my mother alone. He kept coming back and coming back and false okay. hopes and just a situation that became, um, you know, not a good situation. And now them. they've had five children, children after 14 years of being together. Okay. Yeah. So, so, George, you know, with all due respect, I mean, many people would say, couldn't she figure out that after the first child was put up for adoption that the relationship was going to go nowhere? I mean, I think that would be something that a lot of, um, you know, call it what you will, um, but, uh, you know, you could say that's a cold attitude or whatever, but that's a, and I understand very much, mm-hmm. um, well, I don't understand because I wasn't there, but I understand that where she came from and especially with getting lost in a family like that of 10 children, you know, coming from nothing, you know, that the, the pie in the sky, um, you know, big, big difference in her lifestyle. I mean, who wouldn't? Who, you know, what what woman? She wasn't even a woman. She was a girl. At 19, no, she, she was a girl. And she fell in love, right? And she fell in love. Okay. Mm-hmm. But 
Okay, so but now she's not 19 anymore. Now she's in her mid-20s, and she's mm-hmm. been able to see that this isn't a relationship that isn't working out. So why, so as I said, a lot of people might ask, well, then why didn't she stop at that point? Where was her responsibility in this? I think the fear basically controlled her and then uh, false hopes. Um, The fear of what? You know, that she had made a mistake and how does she get out of it, like many women go through. What do you mean she made a mistake? You know, that she should have ended it a long time ago and not kept believing him and not keep hanging on because of the fact that she loved him. And I think when someone's in love and wants to believe what they have, you know, it's better Mm. than hanging on to Mm. nothing. Right. They'll continue on with those false hopes. George, and what? that happens in many relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Many. What did, um, did, did you know your, um, your mother's father? No, he passed away. No. Okay. So let's get back to the Demoulis family. Um, how did they, did they treat these five illegitimate children? Um, basically, they would help us, you know, um, minimal help. You know, basically what I wrote in the book, you know, I worked at the warehouse. I had to keep my mouth shut was unimportant who I was. So they did give you work? Oh, yeah. Well, they gave us work, and we'd do our job and stuff like that. And, you know, I started a cleaning business, and my Uncle Mike helped me out with that, gave me $7,500 to start the cleaning business, which I did. And you still have that you know, business today? I still have it today, yeah. Mm-hmm. Long so, time, since I was 19. But you but you um, took a fall there for a while yeah. with alcohol and drugs. Is alcohol, that right? Alcohol, drugs, yeah. Accepting uh, my um, sexuality, identity, just so many different elements that you have to go through within your life. Right, so you really, you know, you, know, you had a, a tough start coming right out of the womb, didn't you? Oh, you were, absolutely. You know, yeah. you, were, you, you mm-hmm. were a gay man, mm-hmm. um, illegitimate child, son of one of the Demoulises that wanted to hide you, mm-hmm. and yet you have risen to the top. And now, and I know you absolutely have a very successful um, interior design business as well. So how did you do that with no education, no money, no self-esteem to really speak of? How did you, um, how, how did you get beyond all that and, and, and write a book? And, and, and also, you went after the name. I did. Yeah. It took me a very long time in court. It was a very expensive case. Um, I knew I was doing the right thing. I spoke with my father um, at the DeMoulis warehouse. He was getting gas there. Uh, probably two months before he had passed away, when the case was getting closer, he was he was sick. Um, and I, I asked him to step up, but uh, he refused. He said that he couldn't do that. So Why? Uh, we were an embarrassment. But in reality, he was the embarrassment. And how did that make you feel? It was a knife through my heart. Did you love him? Um, wanted to, but couldn't. Do you, do you feel any feelings for him today? Disappointment. A sea of opportunity to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, people just don't do that today. And how do your sisters and brothers feel about you writing this book? My brothers are very supportive. I don't think my sisters are. I, th- I think people have their own issues and things that they have to deal with. But my thing is, how long do you sweep it under the carpet? How long do you keep denying the fact of who you are? How long do you push yourself to the side? You know, you have to fight back for principle. My whole thing is principle. 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca, and I'm speaking with George A. DeMoulis, who is the son of the late John DeMoulis. Um, George, you decided that you did not want to be George Bedard. You had taken on your mother's name, but instead you mm-hmm. went after the, the DeMoulis name and to the tune of $68,000, and you won. How did that come about? Well, the court case was dragged out uh, for like seven years, and um, I had two uh, a great attorney. Uh, who helped me out, and um, everything ended up uh, uh, coming to a head because my father had passed away, but I had a friend that I was cleaning their house, and I I got a phone call that my father had passed away, and there would be no calling hours, and that they were going to destroy the body. In Greek tradition, they don't cremate, and they ended up cremating my father. They did? uh, Just so they could hide the fact of... uh, you know, that I was his son. but so that, so that they couldn't do the DNA testing? Correct. But did they d- cremate him? They did. Oh, but you yeah. were able to get in before this, this I happened. did get the DNA before they cremated him. We had a cease and assist order. And voila, now you are now George A. DeMoulis. Absolutely, yep. And how did that make a difference in your life? Well, people look at you differently, and I think it's a sad thing. I think everybody's equal. Everyone should have opportunity. Everyone should be respected. Everybody should be treated in a way with uh, purpose and understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the fact that you're put in harm's way or put in a bad position does not make you a bad person. But why was it so important that you had that name? You spent a lot of money, $68,000. That's a lot of money, for spe- especially for someone who doesn't have it, who didn't have anything, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. was coming up from the ashes, basically. Money will not define a person. It's how you conduct your life. That That's, defines a person. And I know that more today than ever. So you are now still in a lawsuit with the Demolises, is that right? No. Oh, you are not. You're done. Done. So you're no. not looking for any money from no. your late father's estate? No. Nothing. Doesn't no. matter. You never got any money and you don't care? No, I don't care. Do you like having this name, though? I do, because it's who I am. Well, good for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, from the website, Jillian from Cohasset asked, I come from a family where there were nothing but secrets. Don't you think by writing this book you are giving them real estate in your head? If they weren't interested then, why do you ex- what do you expect to accomplish by putting it out there? Your thoughts create your reality, and keeping focused on your past keeps you in the past. Thank you, Jillian, for that question. Can you um, answer that for her or comment on that? Well, I wrote the book to give people insight because a lot of people think that because of what they're told growing up, that they become that. You're not bits and pieces of what people tell you you are. You're going to learn to stand in your own authority and become the person you truly are. And that means that you're going to have to sit with yourself and take a look at yourself. Be in your the own skin, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and when you got off the drugs and alcohol, you really had a chance to really... Look at well, yourself square in the eye, right? That well, must have been very... Th- very painful. Yeah, I can't Very ma- painful. I can't imagine, Absolutely. but go ahead. I wouldn't have changed a thing. Um, okay, so now I have another one. Carl from Hanover wants to know, don't you think your mother is responsible at all? My mother, yes, she, she knew she was responsible, but I'll tell you, you've never met a more loving, caring person that would stand by her children and fight, mm-hmm. who loved us unconditionally. And she was absolutely a gorgeous woman, beautiful woman. And I miss her terribly. So, and how long ago did she pass away? Five years ago. So, in this book, Illegit, it's a, it's a, a, a quick read, listeners. I mean, just, you know, you can pick it up at Barnes & Noble, you know, Amazon. Just 
quick, quick read and, and fascinating story. George, do you think the book will become a movie? Yes, I hope so. I think that it will. I, I truly think that it will become a movie because there are no good movies out there today. I have not seen a true love story, a true compassionate movie in a very long time. A reality movie, I think the latest one that came out was The Fighter. Mm-hmm. And that was a true reality movie that ended up getting a uh, an award. So your uncles are all gone now. Mike, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it was Mike, George, and John, the three. Yeah, we, uh, my, me and my brothers were named after my uncles. That's, you know, that is very interesting to me. Here they wanted to hide you, and yet mm-hmm. that you took on the family names. It's, it's sort of um, the antithesis of what they were they were trying to do. That doesn't mm-hmm. make. What do you think? What do you make of that? That's, that's um, unique. Perhaps, you know, perhaps at one point in time he, he thought differently. I don't know. But you know what? A lot of people ended up hurt over this, and it wasn't right. It was wrong. So uh, so you try to turn something so negative into something mm-hmm. positive, and that's why I wrote the book. This is a positive campaign that I want to put out here. I want people to know that they need to take responsibility for themselves. Mm-hmm. They need to fight for what's right for themselves. And if you've been done wrong growing up or mm-hmm. put in a bad situation, you need to take responsibility for yourself. And that's what I've done. The key thing is taking responsibility, not point the finger. I can no longer point the finger at anyone. You know, and this is why I broke the cycle. I broke the cycle that this is where it ends. Mm-hmm. I want to give these other people that read my book mm-hmm. an opportunity to stand up for themselves, to become a whole person, to realize that they have a choice to do the right thing for themselves under any and all circumstances, to fight back for not only justice, mm-hmm. but for true meaning. And perhaps we don't hear a lot of that today, and I think we need to. Now, do you have relationships with the um, the cousins, the, the two Arties? Uh, at the rest, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I've never met them. I've seen them in the warehouse, but we never spoke. Um, no, my other uh, cousins, we never met. Um, on my uh, Arthur T. side, I, I spoke with Arthur T. many a times. And how do they feel, or how does he feel about you writing this book, or does he know? Uh, I think he, I don't know if he read the book, but I know he knows about the book. I, I don't know, I'm probably uh, not happy with it. Um, you know what, but I have a voice. Yeah. I'm not a secret. I'm a human being. I'm a person. I'm a productive member of society. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an author. Mm-hmm. I'm a designer. And I fought for everything I have. And who trained you to be a designer? Because I know you um, were. <laughs> self-taught. <laughs> Instead <laughs> of cleaning houses, you decide to start decorating them, right? But well, you still, no, but I, you I, still I, have I, clean your cleaning business. I, Is that right? Yeah, no, I still have the cleaning business. But I had a house party when I was living in Tingsboro, and I had a friend who was a very uh, popular designer in uh-huh. Boston. He said, you're in the wrong business. So, uh-huh. of course, I got my wholesale license and got out there and got all the books and the shades and fabrics and so forth and so on. And I have a client, several clients in the back bay of Boston that I work with, and they asked me, you know, where did you go to school? And I said, I went to the school of hard knocks. <laughs> I'm self-taught. And you know what? They had the utmost respect for me. Oh, well, they absolutely. See, they absolutely. could see the compassion that I had for what I was doing. Well, there, you know, there's something to be said for street smarts rather than book smarts. Oh, my God. And I'm a, a bit, right? I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big uh, believer in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, George A. DeMoulis, author of Illigit. Thank you for joining us today on Talk with Francesca. It's been a pleasure. 
Thank you, Francesca. Take I good care that. of yourself. Thank you. Okay, it's time to wrap things up and say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed the show and love to hear from you with comments or questions. Remember, the website is talkwithfrancesca.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week. Don't try.